Hello everybody and welcome to episode 2 of the Little All Ireland Moving Day. My name is John Coleman and in this podcast I will be discussing all things in relation to the GAA in Cork. This week we're going to be speaking about round 2 of the Co-op Superstores and Hurling Championships. Before I begin, I'd like to thank everybody for all of the feedback and all of the support I received in the aftermath of the opening episode. As much as anything else, it affirms my instinct that there's a space for a show like this in Cork about hurling and football in our great county. With that in mind, the volume should be a bit better this week, so you don't have to turn it up to 11, while the show will also be available straight away on Spotify and Apple Podcasts with a view to having it available on all formats as soon as possible. I am going to keep things straightforward this week as I learn week on week, but I will try and introduce one thing new in every episode. And this week, that's going to be an interview with Martin Bowen after Aaron's own uh, victory over Napiershig in Parky Rin yesterday. Okay, let's get going. I call this episode Moving Day because at this stage, all of the clubs know what lies ahead of them in three weeks' time. And there's going to be very different dynamic from club to club. Like if you're from a club like Aaron's own who are after recording back-to-back victories, you're looking forward to the next three weeks, you know, immensely. You know, you're coming into the, the heat wave, you're going to be really buzzing about going training every week and there's going to be a great atmosphere around the club. The same if you're a club uh, like Middleton or the Glen, the Glen who, who after coming back after, you know, losing their first game and they're right back in the middle of the championship. But then if you're a club, let's say, maybe like Charleville or maybe like Kanturk who after losing a game or drawing a game, it's a completely different kettle of fish. Everyone's still going training. Everyone's still, you know, doing the same thing, but the atmospheres are completely different. And if you are one of those clubs who are after losing back-to-back games, you know, it's very hard to get yourself going. You know, you know you're not going to probably, you're, you know you're unlikely to make the knockout stages at, at this stage, while at the same time you're, you're facing into your most important game of the year because the last thing you want is to be involved in a relegation playoff. And you'll find that, you know, the threat of relegation is hanging over those clubs, but it's it's a word clubs like that, but it's um, a word that won't be mentioned, and it just you know it festers in the atmosphere and hangs around the place like a bad smell. So it's it's fascinating, you know, how the dynamic from club to club uh, is so different, and it's one of the things that makes the new format of this championship so um, so good and so entertaining. So I was at uh, five games over the weekend. Uh, I was at the two double headers in Parkour Inn, and I went to watch Balanasic play Balancotic as well. And I'm going to start by talking about the Bears and Black Rock. Um, which was a really crazy game in lots of ways and really entertaining. After 10 minutes, the game looked, you know, done and dusted. You know, Black Rock were up 11 points to two and were in total control. You, the Bears couldn't lay a glove on the Rockies at that stage. Um, and everything Black Rock did was so easy. They created great space for their forwards. You know, Robbie Cotter looked really sharp. Alan Connolly looked sharp at the start. And Shane O'Keefe was, was causing a lot of was creating a lot of a hassle for the Rockies at centre forward as well. And Mark O'Keefe got a couple of nice scores and Michael O'Halloran too. So everything they were doing at that stage was working, you know. As I said, like you're, you're nine points up inside the first 10 minutes and, you know, the living is easy. But I suppose the game, and if you're if you're a bar supporter at that stage, you're probably waiting for the ground to swallow you up a bit. Like, you know, you're you're probably thinking back to the lead you surrendered the last day against Charlotte up in Mallow. You're looking at yourself being nine points down and you're saying, my God, what, what way is this season going to end up? But the Bars did brilliantly to turn, to turn it round. And I think the game hinged on three things. Uh, the first was Shane Hurley's save from Alan Conley. It was a really, really good save. You know, Conley minute took the shot. It was a low-hopping shot on a really hard ground. And Hurley saved it brilliantly. And um, and if that, had, I think there was seven or eight points in it at the time. But if that had gone in, you would have probably found it very hard. The Bars would have found it very hard to bring themselves back into the game. The second thing that I think was very important was um, the switch of Ben O'Connor and Damien Cahillan. So uh, Ben O'Connor started at centre-back. And Damien Callan 
played you know nominally midfield but dropping back around the half back line and when they switched that up it brought Ben O'Connor into the game and I think Damien Callan benefited from having you know like a you know a man marking job on Shane O'Keefe too and the third factor that was really important was the Black Rock wides you know after a period in the first 10 minutes where they couldn't miss like they, they hit 18 wides uh, across the game and that really came back to haunt them as well but I think the Bars deserved the win and what's going to please them more than anything more than anything else is that it was their young players who won the game for them you know between their under 21 player their under 21 players scored 22 of their 24 points now I think there's the Bars have been quite excited about a lot of these young players for a while now, but it takes a lot, a lot of time for them to kind of, you know, get to the pace of senior hurling. And it was something that Jerk Cunningham alluded to when I spoke to him, you know, after the game for the Irish Examiner. You know, you know, in this modern world, we want everything now, you know, we, we want results and wins straight away, but the world doesn't work like that. It, it takes time to develop into a senior hurler. And I think particularly since we changed the age grades, you know, in the old days, you know, you might have been playing a bit of junior A or junior B or intermediate when you were when you were 16, 17. So you you were getting you know you were getting experience of playing against more physical players. Whereas now you're not allowed to play adult hurling until you're 18. So it does take a while, and people and players are a lot more developed because of the gym programs and stuff that they're on. So it's a huge step up from minor into adult hurling now. So I think the bars will be thrilled with the way those players played. You know, Brian Hayes got a couple of great scores and made them himself. He looked like a real handful for Black Rock defence. You know, Jack Callan kind of you know skirted in and out of the game, but got three good scores. Uh, Eden Toomey was outstanding for the bars in the first half when they struggled, and Ben Cunningham was really good too. He was really good in his frees. But I think his general performance was, was really good too. Um, and if I just bring it back to, to Ben O'Connor again, like, you know, I suppose we're expecting a lot of him. He's a, he's a serious talent, you know. But again, you know, at 18 years of age, in your first year playing adult hurling, you know, he was sent to back marking Shane O'Keefe, who's a serious operator, a right good senior hurler. And it's a real baptism of fire for him. But the switch really helped him. And he had, a, he had an outstanding game after that switch as well. And, you know, he was really exciting to watch. And he got a great point after half time as well so the bars are thrilled you know and i suppose they, they'll still have a bit of regret that they that they surrendered to the draw against charleville uh, last week because you know however good they are now things could be better and i suppose it highlights the ferocity of the new system the bars are on top of the table but their last game is against sars which is a really really tight game uh, and a very hard game to call and you, they drew when they played one another in the league but we'll talk about that in a minute as for black rock you know i suppose it was a kind of the reverse of what happened to them last week. They, they came back really well to kind of snatch a victory from the draws of defeat uh, against uh, against um, Sars last weekend. And this week, you know, they, they kind of faded out of the game, which is going to be of a, a concern to their to their management team. Um, and I suppose they're scratching their heads too because they, they looked so good for that opening 10, min 10 minutes and it's kind of hard to put your finger on what kind of went wrong for them as well. You know, I think th as the game went on, Alan Connie seemed to play further and further away a goal away from goal, you know, no Jamie Burns was a, a really good club player, um, did a good job on him too. But I suppose they're, they're going to try and uh, get him a bit closer to goal for their last game against Charleville. Um, I suppose, you know, Daniel Meany too as well, you know, I know he's been injured a lot this year and, you know, I think, you know, he's still probably not back to full fitness and they're going to need him, at, you know, with his full energetic self if they're going to get to where they were two years ago as well. On the plus side, they're going to be delighted the way uh, Robbie Cotter played. Uh, you know, he's a really, really good kind of forward too and uh, a real threat. But like you know, Black Rock or Black Rock, they're they're not going to be uh to they're not going to fear Charleville uh in the last game, and they're going into it uh, with their fate in their own in their own hands. And really, when you're going into the last round, you can't ask for much more than that. You know, they know exactly what they have to do uh in three weeks' time. Um, 
so which brings us to SARS and Charleville up in Mallow. Now, SARS, you know, um, it was a big game for them after after the way they lost to Black Rock the last time out. And, you know, they started with intent. They had two early goals. I was delighted to see Colin McCarthy get one of those. And it was, it was fascinating to see there was two goals that was between the sides at the end as well. So Charleville never really got over the shock. Uh, of that start really uh, Jack O'Connor got 1-3 you know it's good for him he's probably struggling a bit for confidence but that's that will do him the world of good while Aaron Myers you know is scoring really really heavily and he's a, a, a very important player for Sarsfields at the moment so Sars would be delighted with the way they came back uh, from that what they have is buckets of pace you know they're a young team with buckets of pace and I think they're going to fancy themselves if they get down to, to Parky Cueve as well and perhaps pace is something that both, that both the Bears and Black Rock might struggle a small bit for at the back as well so that's something Stars would be looking to exploit uh, in three weeks time as for Charleville I said it last week, you know, I do feel a bit sorry for them, you know, they're such a good team but they're after getting the worst possible draw two years in a row they're doing much better than they did last year but they're still fighting, you know, just fighting for their survival again um, however, when they played uh, Blackrock in uh, Charles, or sorry, in Bantir last year that was one of the most enjoyable games I watched last year, it was a fabulous occasion uh, up in Bantir, it was a great crowd, it was a horrible night but it was a really good game, but Charleville created a lot of problems for Blackrock that night and they missed a couple of chances, whereas when Alan Conley and Ty DC got their goal chances, they took them that night. And I suppose at the end of the day, that is the difference between the, the good teams and the really, really good teams. Um, but, you know, again, Dara Fitzgibbon scored heavily again for them and Andrew Conley got 2-3. So they are scoring well and they scored well throughout the league as well. So, you know, it's all to play for in that group and the group is really living up to his billing as the group of death. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's going to be fascinating stuff uh, in three weeks' time. So... Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. The other game in Parky Rin on Saturday night then was Midland versus Newtown Chandram. And I really enjoyed that game. It was very entertaining. Uh, Newtown were outstanding in the first half. You know, Ronan Toomey was excellent. You know, hit three points from play. He got fouled for three frees at Jamie Collin, uh, tapped over the bar. And Jerry Lane, as he was against Cantor last weekend, was very effective at centre-forward. And they worked just like demons, really, Newtown in the first half. Um, but I never really felt that Middleton were in danger of losing the game. Uh, just because I didn't see Newtown scoring a goal. They needed goals if they were really going to put them under pressure. And we're at the flip side, Middleton, even when they weren't playing great in that first half, they looked like scoring goals. You know, they scored one brilliant goal, which I'll speak about uh, in a minute. But they also, you know, James Bold made a couple of tremendous saves uh, to keep Newtown in the game. But in saying that, you know, Newtown were competitive right up to the last whistle and it was, it was a good game. And they'll take a lot out of that when they go into the, the, their last game against Douglas. But like after all the effort, you know, after being the best team in the first half, they went in, you know, a point down a half time, and you know that's really hard to take as a player when you know when everything's going well, you're everything's going over the bar, you know, you're you're winning all the breaks, you're getting your hooks and you're getting your blocks in, and you end up going a point down. You know, it can be a real killer for your confidence, especially you know you know on such a warm evening. Um, the middle and goal, I suppose, changed the game really in the first half, and it highlighted something uh, that I spoke about last week too. Newtown put severe pressure on the Kentuck puck out last week and um, turned them over at the best. And then even if they didn't turn them over, they were slowing the ball down, going up to the going up to the Kentuck forwards, and then which the Newtown backs then were able to gobble up. But Middleton, you know, are just that bit better. You know, you're you're looking at one that you know you're looking at the county champions, obviously. So they were able to play through the press that bit better. Um, now obviously conditions helped as well. It was lashing rain last week up in Charleville, and it was ideal conditions in Parkley Rain on Saturday night. But the goal really highlighted that. You know, Breen Saunderson hit Sean O'Leary-Hayes with a sharp puck out and the press came brilliantly, but Sean O'Leary-Hayes managed to break through it, 
you know, he got at the corner of Bosang, and then it was, you know, it was one on one all the way down the field from there. He made a great run. I thought he left the, the pass a bit late, but he gave it at the perfect time, and you know, and Tommy O'Connell buried it. It was a great goal. Um, so Middleton will be delighted with everything, you know. As I, I alluded to them at the start of the at the start of the show as well. You know, they they lost their first game, but now they're right back in it. You know, they're they're looking forward and looking into their into their last game against Cantor with great confidence. You now it's a game they're they're going to have to win again, obviously. But in general, I think they're in a kind of the perfect place. There's more in them, I think. Still, you know, they still haven't hit the levels they hit in last year's county semi final, last year's county final. But they still again have their their destiny in their own hands, and I think there's a bit more in them. Uh, I thought Conor Lahan was really, really good for them, um, and I think like he was just solid out throughout the whole game. You know, his free take he was immaculate. He scored fifteen shots from from fifteen shots or fifteen scores from fifteen shots uh, on goal, and he just looked so calm. You know, he was never get. He was really playing in the moment, even when they were struggling early in the game. He was really, really good. Um, what Middleton did really well, even when they weren't going. Uh, Go, going the best at the start of the game was they kept Timmy Omani out of the game they, they kept the game really wide and Timmy struggled to get into the game and something else that helped them and Newtown's biggest strength last weekend was their half-back line you know Jack Hurley Connor Toomey and Tim O'Mahony and they gave Connor Toomey the man-marking job on Lahan and you know he did his best but what it did is it weakened their best line too and uh, that so that they you know that that didn't work too much in their favour but uh, again you know Middleton would be you know very confident going into the final game but Newtown too you know they have their destiny in drawing hands as well you know they beat Douglas they have a good chance of going through too so everything's very tight at the top end of that group um Douglas Kentork then um you know Douglas had another very impressive win you know it's the perfect start for him again it was a great weekend uh for Shane Brick in particular because Tracton won as well I don't know how he'd feel about Kaza winning the Kerry Championship but that's another day's work but um Douglas are very similar are performing very similarly to last year at the moment where they were very impressive in the group phase. But their big test is going to be to win a knockout game now this year. If anything, they probably look more impressive than they did last year in the way that they beat Middleton and the way they dispatched Kenturk as well. But, you know, their big test is going to come when they get out of the group and to win a knockout game. If they manage to do that, you know, all bets are off. And, like, one thing that was very clear across the weekend too is it's a wide-open championship. It's very hard to pick a winner. You know, it's 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 going to take on a really different dynamic when we get out of the group stages. You know, Shane Kingston was excellent again. Uh, you know, I think he got one twelve, like one four from play. And what what'll please um Douglas as well is they put up they scored two twenty four. You know, Owen Cadigan wasn't playing. Alan Cadigan didn't score and got injured. But they're not kind of relying on any one person in that way either. You know, even the way Mark Howells just slotted in the wing back for Owen Cadigan, and you know that shows they have a bit of depth in them as well and a bit of support. So yeah, Douglas are in a really good place at the moment. Um. It's very hard for Cantor, really, you know. They probably still had a bit of dirty petrol in the tank after last weekend. And I think psychologically that was a huge blow to them last week because they probably saw that as the perfect opportunity for them to start life at Premier Senior Hurling with a win over Newtown Chandram. And the way they lost in particular, the way the game got away from them, it can be very hard to, to turn that around, you know. Um, they're in trouble because Midland have to beat them in three weeks' time. Uh, so there's no chance of getting anything soft from them. It looked like Brian O'Sullivan was really good for him again on Saturday and he's just a top-class player. But, you know, it's going to be very hard for them to turn their season around from here, uh, to be honest with you. That brings us to the games played in Parky Rin yesterday. And if I said already that Douglas perform are performing very similarly to the way they did in last year's group section, the same applies to the Glen. You know, last year they lost their first game to Douglas and came back to reach the county final. Last weekend they lost to Aaron's own and they came back and put in a very good performance against Bishopstown yesterday. They were very professional without being without being totally polished, but they 
they won really comfortably in the end. And I suppose at the end of the day, they just had better forwards uh, than Bishopstone. You know, way, they carried way more of a threat up front. But you'd have to admire the Glen. You know, they lost that game last weekend. I'm sure there was no panic during the weekend. Barry Hackett mentioned it when I spoke to him after the game as well. Like that, they're 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 not known for performing really well in the first round, but it seems to seems to spur them on to perform better as the year goes on. Then, but you know they're back in business now, and just like Middleton, who they played in last year's county final, they're looking onwards towards their last game against Napierschig with great confidence now and looking forward to making the knockout stages. And again, as I said last week, once you get to the knockout stages, it's a completely different competition. And anything uh, can happen. Um, I suppose you have to speak about Patrick Horgan, like what, what hasn't been said about him. He was he was incredible yesterday. He won 14, won five off play. Uh, he got a great goal, and he just looked really sharp and and really really hungry. So whatever you know, whatever the future future holds from in, in the Cork jersey next year, we wait and see. But you know, he was just at a different level to everybody else in the field yesterday. But he was well supported around him too. You know, Simon Kenvick got a couple of great scores. I was very impressed with David Noon in midfield. I thought he really, he really played well. And I have to mention Brian Moylan. You know, he has been just a tremendous servant for the Glen. You know, and he's a real senior hurler. I said the same thing about Shane O'Keefe when I was on about the bars and Black Rock. You know, but you get lots of senior clubs who don't necessarily have 15 senior hurlers. You know, if you fifty, if you've 10, 12, 13 senior hurlers, you go a long way. But... Uh, Brian Moylan like, is, was one of those guys who get into any club team in the country, I think. you know, He was really good yesterday, uh, along with uh, the two downies in the half-back line. He got two great long-distance points. But just in general play, his, his distribution of the ball is outstanding. He's, he's never beat caught on the wrong side. His positioning is very good. He's been a really, really uh, good player for the Glen uh, for the last 10, 15 years. And you know, it's, you know, been, I've always enjoyed watching him. So the Glen are right back in the thick of it. Uh, but Bishopstone aren't out of it yet either. You know, they did score 24 points last weekend against Napierschig, but, you know, they didn't look like hitting that level yesterday, although, you know, Pierce Morris looked very dangerous inside the full forward line at times, and Luke Lorden got a couple of good scores coming forward, and Patrick Cronin does what Patrick Cronin always does. But Bishopstown's season is still very much alive, you know. of all, They'll, they'll, they'll have no fear of Aaron's own in their final game, and they have no baggage when it comes to playing against them. They need a lot to go right. But as ever, they, they'll be well organised. They do have good. They do have a good defence, even though they conceded a bit more than they usually do yesterday. Um, but they, you know they're still in with a right chance of making it out of the group as well. So you know everything's finally poised there uh, as it stands. So the final game of the weekend, uh, it played in Parker Inn was Aaron's own versus the Pure Shake, which was an absolutely crazy game. And afterwards, I spoke to Aaron's own manager, Martin Bowen. Congratulations! Must be thrilled to be true to the knockout stage of the competition. Well, we're thrilled to get the two points. But I suppose, I, as one of the players said a day after the match, it was the first time that he was involved in the team, not winning by 10 points, and was disappointed. Because, you know, the performance wasn't good overall. And now, I suppose you have to make allowances for the heat, and you have to make allowances for your opponents, as well, in fairness. But uh, they caused us a lot of problems for a lot of the match. Uh, now I know we're a cushion, and I suppose fellas, you know, uh, relax a small bit as well. But, you know, we need to up that performance big time to the next day. And you've a lot to play for the next day as well because against Bishopstone, if you win your final game, you'll go straight into the semi-finals, which I'm sure would be a, well, a, a major Philip, a major carrot to have for the team. Well, there is that possibility. I mean, obviously, it depends on what happens elsewhere, but there is a possibility you go to the semi-final. And but look, I suppose on Saturday we said, and this is what we've done all the past few years, we take every game, you know, on its merits. Um, our first uh, priority ours has been to avoid the relegation. We got that. Well, you know, when we beat the game, we had a good chance that we were after avoiding that. Uh, today was to build on that and we got the two points and we look forward now eagerly to 
two weeks time I heard you last week speaking about the old garden they've been how, what amazing servants they've been and they have been amazing it's been a pleasure to watch them for the last 10-15 years but there is a nice blend of young fellas coming through today and you know Connor Lennon today oh, really superb. stepped up to the plate yeah. well you see that's what we've been trying to do for the past few years because and I said this numerous times like our juvenile section hasn't had any great success for the last 15 or 20 years and we're just trying to nurture players and bring them through the senior level Connor is one of that brigade he's only 19, 19 I think and uh, he was superb today no standing performance but we have seen that potential in him and you know it takes time some days he's on and some days he's off but today he really fulfilled his potential and I think that'll give him a huge amount of confidence going forward uh, From a management perspective as well is it kind of nice to have I know I know you wouldn't be pleased with the, the performance where you faded out a bit but it is nice to have that to work on going into the final game so you won't be resting on your lawn not that you would in the first case In many ways it's perfect I suppose when you get the result but look um with four points, as I say, um, any team would be happy with four points after two games. Uh, we also have got a bit of a break now, which I think all the teams uh, you know, need at this stage. It's great to have a week or two off and uh, you know, rejig the whole setup again now and get the bodies going again. And we're happy. So that was Martin Bowen, and I'd like to thank him for speaking to me after the game. And he really summed up the game perfectly. Uh, it was crazy, as I said at the outset, and the heat was incredible. And a number of the Aaron's own players commented on that in the aftermath of the game. And I suppose in that type of heat, games are going to, you know, kind of go ways that we're not expecting. And I certainly wasn't expecting the amount of goals that we saw yesterday. Um, as uh, we mentioned as well in the interview, you know, a lot of their young players are standing up. Connor Lennon, who's a very good young talent, he scored 3 4 yesterday. Um, you know, they have Orna Regan for the minors from last year too and Conor Lennon's Cahill is, uh, brother Cahill is a fine fine young talent and they're kind of supplementing the older guys really well. Um, Kieran Murphy, I thought, actually played a, a very good game yesterday as well for Aaron's own all through. Um, had great energy, you know, which is belied his age on, uh, on such a hot day. And while Robbie O'Flynn was just he he was looked so good, you know. He so he cruised through the game, you know, five points off play and you know he popped up whenever they needed him for a score too. They will be disappointed with the way they finished the game, though. They led by 4 10 to 1 8 at half time, uh, and they started the second half brilliantly. Connor Lennon got another goal, Robbie O'Flynn got another couple of points, so it was 5 12 to 1 8, and like the game was over. And the Pierce never looked like turning the game around or anything like that, but they will be disappointed by the way they let them back into the game or the way they conceded a couple of late goals. Um, you know, Padre Guest was very good from the Pierce throughout, he's probably their best player. He kept them, you know, kept them going with a couple of frees, but. Uh, the Pierce got a lot of joy by running down the middle of the Aaron's own defence uh, in, in the, towards the last few minutes and got they got their sec, the second and third and fourth goals from that. You know, Shane Ford got two good goals and so and Patrick Gore got a good uh, got a good one too. So that would be a source of disappointment for Aaron's own, but you know, they're in poor position to go on to the knockout stages. And I think it's fair to say nobody really fancy playing them. Um, they have a bit of younger talent now to supplement their older guys. They're ultra competitive and they always get the very best out of themselves. So, you know, they're one of those clubs that are going to be delighted with the way, where they are going into the final of the games. Uh, as for Napiershik, um, they're in big trouble really. Um, but what will stand to them from the game yesterday is the way they didn't, they never gave up. You know, when you're down that much, uh, you know, just after half time, you know, as I said, it was like 5.13 to, to 1.9 you know, it's very easy to roll over and die. But they, they dug in and they kept going till the end and they got a couple of scores. So there's something to build on there going into the game next week. And they'll very, be very disappointed by the goals they conceded too. In lots of ways, they contribute, contributed to their own downfall. Uh, and they're going, but they're going to have to pick it up because, you know, it's do or die for them. It's their season on the line against the Glen next week. And um, if they 
if there was kind of um, pores at the back as they, they were today, they could be in for another long afternoon. Um, they do have good players. They're just not getting the best out of themselves at the moment. Um, but, you know, they'll be hoping they can dig something out against the Glen in three weeks' time. And, you know, you know ourselves, Northside Derbies, I can take on a life of, of their own too. So that was everything from the Premier Senior Championship. Um, in Group 1 of the Senior A Hurling, Fermoy had a fantastic win against Newstown. They get, got two late goals to, to come back and get a win to make to go top of the group. So they've had a great start to the year because they also won in the first round of the football. Um, Newstown will obviously be a bit disappointed with the way that game finished. But uh, Mallow too had a good win over Klein. So that, game, that, that group is very well set. You know, you're going to have... Uh, you know, for mine, four points and Mallow and Newstown on two points each going into the final round. So it's wide open. Uh, Klein are in a bit of trouble, but, you know, you feel a bit sorry for them. They, they didn't do much wrong, lost two close games, but they're going to have to pick it up and try and get something out of their final game. In Group 2, like Father O'Neill's could just, they continue to deliver, you know. Uh, Declan Dalton and Billy Dunn combined for 114 of their 220 in their win against Corsi's. Um, I think courses be reasonably happy with how they're settling into to top level. I think Tyke Sullivan got a lot of their scores again. He's a good player. Um, but I suppose you know they they got a great cushion out of winning their first game against Killa last weekend, so that they weren't going into this game against the favourites for the championship. You know, um, under serious pressure. But O'Neill's are you know they're in a re- really good place to 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 get into the knockout stages again. And again, you know, they're it's all about qualification and see where things go from there. Blarney responded with a great win after last week. You know they got a bit of a lesson from O'Neill's last weekend, uh, but those type of they only they 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 won by a point, and those one point wins like Genie they can just really give a club great energy. Um, Mark Coleman was named the wing forward anyway. Uh, I imagine he moved around uh, everywhere. But sometimes that can be a conundrum for a club team is how you get the best of your inter-county players. Um, it's easier said than done because this, you could probably do them four or five places around the field and you can end up, you know, starting in one place and moving them all, moving them all around the place, you know, as you, as you do a bit of firefighting. But Blarney do tend to be good at getting the, the very best out of them. Um, for Killa, it's tough on them too. You know, they've had two close losses they, they actually had a very good lead they were playing in division one but just like Klein they're in a bit of trouble now but you know losing two narrow games and no two narrow games even the you know the breaks are so tight at this level you know so you know I feel a bit of sympathy for them too um Bright Rovers who were probably the story of last weekend um came back down to earth a bit and they drew with Ballyhay in what sounded like a really good game um but that that game will bring on Bright Rovers as well I think you know so they they you know they put in a, a Superb performance last week against Carry Tool, but they show they had to show a different side of their character this week then to come from behind to beat Ballyhay. And I think that will stand to them uh, going down the line. You know, again, they put up a big score without with Brian without Brian Roach scoring. Uh, and Adam Walsh looked really good as well. So he's he's a guy to keep an eye on, I think, um for the rest of the year and into next year. Ballyhay then, you know, Pa Callan got two ten, I think, for them, you know, like what what a talent. Uh from a selfish perspective I often, you know, have this kind of emotion of what might have been with him had he been willing to commit to Cork, you know, but there's no doubt about it, he's as good a club player as you're ever going to see uh, any weekend around the county. And it's good to see Mars O'Sullivan uh, still contributing for Ballyhay too. So Bryden Ballyhay are, you know, uh, at top of the table. Um and three points, but Carrie Tool got back on track. You know, they had a good win uh, over Bally Martin. And Carrick are a good team as well. Like you know, they they you know they're they're going to be in Division One next year. They finished in the top five of their group, uh, and did Sean Rowan playing full forward who didn't start last week? And he got one three, so you know that's a big boost for them. And Sean Watch got a few scores too. So Carrick are going to be playing Ballyhay in the last game. 
again, they have their destiny in their own hands. You know, I, I hate to be repeating myself, but that's probably the most important thing for any club going into the last weekend. You know, everything's in your everything's in their control going into it. Um, I mentioned about Ballymark last week. You know, they're they're on the downward curve after just an incredible period for the, for the club. You know winning the All-Ireland Intermediate, getting to a couple of, you know, uh, progressing really deep into the senior championship. And, you know, it, they're, they're, it's all part of the natural cycle. You know, they'll, they'll regroup and they'll come back stronger again. Uh, but, you know, themselves and Klein and Killa uh, are uh, at the bottom of the three groups in particular. But really, all of the three groups in the Senior A Championship are well set. Uh, and with three teams in, in, the, in all three groups, three of the teams are will fancy themselves to qualify. So that's set up very well for three weeks' time, and I'm hoping I'll get to a couple of those games next time out. Um, then there's the Premier Intermediate Championship. Um, group 1 is fascinating. You know, Castle Lines and Watergrass Hill drew uh, on Friday night, and that's a great result for Hill. They're after two, draw, two, two draws now, and to get one against their, their, their neighbours is going to stand to them a lot going into the final game. Um, I think the game will stand to Castle Lines too. Sometimes... You know, in reaching the last two finals, they've, they've been really impressive in the group stages and kind of cruised through really and maybe got caught, maybe paid for that lack of competitive games when it came to the, the final games of the season. But I think this type of close game is really good for them, you know, um, assuming they get out of the group, but they're still top of the group on three points, so they're, they're, they're in good nick. Uh, Carrie Tool had a good win against Zero, or sorry, Carrie Galina should say had a good win against Zero too. I see Brian Kelleher scored heavily again, and he's really a, a top player at this level. And Carrie are a good Premier Intermediate team too. You know they they'll give nothing easy to anyone. Um, Aero though, you know they're they're on one point, so you're you've got um you've got Castellanes and Water, you've got Castellanes and three points, Watergrass Hill and Carrie Galina on two points, and Aero on one point. So Group One is set really well in the Premier Intermediate Championship as well. So everything to play for going into the final week. In Group 2, Inescara have been the most impressive team so far in, in the Premier Intermediate Championship. You know, they've Sean O'Donoghue playing the centre-forward. You know, he scored heavily again at the weekend and they're getting the best out of him there. You know, we mentioned that earlier, something that's tough for a club team to get the best out of their inter-county guys. You know, and, you know, anyone who watches Cork is more accustomed to him playing a corner back, but we do know that, you know, we most of us will know that he played, he's more than capable of playing out the field too. plays a lot of hurrying around midfield and stuff, you know, but, Inescara is certainly getting the most out, most out of him as centre-forward. Uh, Owen McCarthy got a good few scores from again at the weekend. He's a good player. And Colin Casey has been a top-class hurler for him for a long time too, and he's always a handful. So Inescara are in um, a really good place. Uh, Bandon, you know, that's a setback for them, but it, uh, like everything else, their fate is still in their own hands going into the final game. You know, they'll, they'll play a bit of football next weekend, but their final game is against Yall, and, and Yall are struggling. You know, they haven't won a championship game in nearly two years now. Valley Rovers beat them relatively easy on Friday night as well. So Bandon are probably, you know, in, in, in have a good chance of uh, progressing from there. Valleys will have to beat Inascara if they're going to progress. And, you know, Bandon and Valleys will both be playing football next weekend uh, before they get a break, like, you know. So Inascara definitely um, in pole position there. And, um, you know, the rest of the group is, is all to play for. Uh, then in Group 3, I was I went to watch Ballinasty play Ballon Collig and obviously I was thrilled with it, you know. It was a really good win. And I suppose the most encouraging thing from Balnasic perspective um, is, the, is the young players uh, we have coming through, which I mentioned last week. You know, Brian Lunch and Evan Conan were excellent. And uh, But like Balancolic at the same time, we'd be disappointed. You know, they, um, I think there's more in them. You know, there's some good players, but I think there's a few problems with dual issues out there at the moment, which is, I suppose, something that the, the split season exa- is exacerbating, that tension between, the, between both codes. Um, so 
but we're still not through uh, because Castle Kilworth uh, came back with a really good win against Castle Martyr. You know, got ahead and kept ahead. And Castle Martyr reeled him in and reeled him in, but got a late goal to push him through as well. You know, so it's um, all the play from that group as well. You know, we're on four points. Castle Martyr and Kilworth are on two each. So everything to play for in the final weekend. And like you have to say, looking across the three championships for the most part, um, everything's very even. Everyone's playing in the right grade. And that makes for more entertaining games. It makes for a better quality uh, hurling. You know, it gives people a clear progression for improvement. And the, the realignment of the grades, I think, has been a huge success. And, like, it's only going to get better because, like, obviously everything wasn't going to be perfect the first couple of years. But as the years go on with promotion, relegation, you're, you're coming to a situation where you're going to have 12 clubs in every grade that there's not going to be that much between. And all three, like all three of the championships, are fairly open. Like Father Neils are probably favourites for the, the 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 senior A championship, but you know the way Bright Rovers are going at the moment too. You know they you know they're gonna they're gonna um be very dangerous, and Blarney might come back into it. But it's the scene, the Premier Senior and the Premier Intermediate are impossible to call. So I think that's healthy. It, it is showing a good competition, and it really was a, a brilliant weekend of hurling. Um, I'm not going to delve down into the the Premier Junior and Intermediate Ahern Intermediate Championship this week. I will get to them soon, but I, I don't want to keep everyone for too long uh, for this first couple of weeks. I'm just trying to find my feet and everything, but I have been keeping uh, a close eye on things down there as well. Um, and I look forward to, to discussing them uh, further down the line. But yeah, it was a really uh, fabulous weekend of hurling. And uh, it takes a break now, so next week it's all about the football. And... What I'd hope to have in next week's episode is a bit, a few more interviews, just to, just, just the one this week. I'll, I'll put a couple of more in, and then hopefully the break week, the week after, I hope to have my first guest on. So as I said at the beginning of the program, I'd like to build on things week on week. You know, I don't want to take on too much too quickly. I'm, I'm learning as I go, but hopefully what I'll have next week is a couple of more, more interviews after the football games, and after that I hope to have a guest possibly on to discuss uh, the final. Uh, the final weekend of the hurling matchup. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, a really good weekend of hurling in Cork, and yeah, we've lots to look forward to. I think. To finish with, I'd like to remember Dylan Cork, who passed away tragically on Friday evening. There was something very poignant about watching all the players gathered together in a huddle across the weekend as they remembered Dylan. Sometimes in the GA we get all tied up with how different we are from one another, when fundamentally we're really all the same and part of the one community. I'd like to pass my condolences on to Dylan's family and friends and all in Clonty Ross Moore. Our yesterday, Griva Anam Dealish. Slan, I was Torada.